Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time. And I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought about it, i tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us, do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app. And you also find it at the website. Now, also, if you are interested in the five questions and would like to answer them yourself, do check out the resources tab at the website because the five questions is available as a workbook and an ebook. And if you want to know why that's important, check out the end of the podcast or go and check out the resources tab at the website. That's enough for me. Let's get on with the program. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people, and what I have discovered is that our story is everything, because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? It is the best thing in the world, if you ask me, to sit with someone else and see what is possible and and help them switch on the light inside. You know, sometimes switching on the light means they have to make peace with trauma or what they've been going through sometimes it's them just thinking bigger and realizing things that they take for granted is extraordinary but sitting with someone and having them realize that they can be more do more and enjoy everything more just it's the most rewarding thing imagine being in a job that was all right but looking at your colleagues you realize that you were sitting in someone else's dream job and it was not your dream. Our show today is possibly one of the last in the current iteration of this podcast, and my guest is an international leadership coach. However, as with all these stories, the journey is never a straight line. So on this show, you will discover the power of changing chairs and a useful question, how can I be more of me and have greater impact? Numinaten was born in Copenhagen, Denmark. Yeah, that's the country where they have a word for living a good life, hygge. It might be nice to have a conversation about that before the end of the year. When Numi was 19, most of her friends were travelling. In Denmark, it's common to take a generous gap year before completing university education. And she had a temporary job working in advertising and she wondered if she could live and work in London. She found a job in London in a sound studio before hopping across the pond for a, three, for a three-month internship in the US Congress. All of this great experience led her back to Copenhagen to complete a degree in journalism, which was strange because she had no intention of becoming a journalist. Education over, she returned to London and secured a great job in commercial conference production for the mobile games industry, which was booming. She was crazy successful for a while with money and lifestyle. That was until the pressure, overwork and perfectionism eroded her ability to function. She was miserable for much of the time and cried in the toilet. The crunch came when she was asked to run a project she did not want. She had to work US hours from a London office and she struggled with this without support. It was at this point that a coach friend of hers said, 
You know, you could speak to a doctor and get signed off from work. And that was the beginning of moving out of the mobile industry. Our conversation explores coaching and how that fits with the path towards a good life. We look at success and why it can be a difficult journey, contribution, and of course that big question, what is it all for? Nomi describes herself as a recovered perfectionist, a practical idealist with dreams of a world which is safe for everyone. What a lovely idea. As you will hear on the show, she took her first coaching course some 15 years ago and she was instantly hooked. Since then, she's developed her process and specialises in deep transformational work and helping clients in a wide range of industries, from, a, from owners of micro-businesses to the CEOs of major household names. Let's join the conversation with Nomi Natan. I'm delighted to be with Nomi Natan. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's lovely to have these conversations. I'm so privileged to best do this. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here and have this conversation with me. And so life, passion and business, where did it all start for you? I was born and grew up in Copenhagen. And at the age of 19, a lot of my friends, most of my friends were out traveling, doing all kinds of exciting things. So in Denmark, it's very typical to have one, if not two gap years, mm-hmm. because I think one of the reasons is university is free in Denmark. So you're not sort of a rush, you're not dependent on your parents. So I'd been working in an advertising agency and I thought I'd go to London and see if I could get a job and make friends and find a place to live. And I could. So I worked for a year in a TV sound studio in Soho brilliant time then got the opportunity to go to u.s congress to do an internship and work for a congressman for three months absolutely amazing total contrast and then i thought it was time to study went home to denmark over the summer saved up money and then i studied journalism which knowing full well i was never ever going to be a journalist (laughs) because (laughs) I wasn't interested in the chase of the story, but it made sense. It was a logical solution to study journalism because I'd worked in this TV sound studio and I'd said, oh, I want to study media or events. And they said, no, don't do it. (laughs) Study something technical or study an old profession. And I was like, there's no way I'm studying something technical. Um, Even though now running podcasts, I was thinking it would have been good to pay more attention to all the sound engineering (laughs) stuff that they did. Um, But that's 22 years ago. So I ended up studying journalism thinking be cool to do in my second language and came out of that and got a job um, in events in commercial conference production and so this was 2004 to 2006 and mobile games were all the rave and new and so I was doing industry events for the mobile games industry I was doing really well I got promoted quickly twice and then I crashed now of course it doesn't come out of nowhere I'd been crying morning, I mean, evening breaks, every moment I could sneak a tear in secret, I would cry. I was totally crashing. And I was 25, right? I did a quarter life crisis. So, uh, I mean, just to hold you in that thought, what Mm -hmm. was driving you? Because we've got to the point where you're now in tears. So uh, Mm -hmm. there's been a long journey here between because you you had sounds like you were having a lot of fun in those years. What was driving you through those years to get to that point? Where was was it? Were you driven by passion? Were you driven by money? What were you driven by? 
I just I was just curious. I just okay. wanted to have an adventure. Okay. It was just fun and exploring so the, the world. Of youth. The exuberance of youth. Absolutely. I want it all. Give it to me now. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like explore and you yeah. know, felt incredibly grown up and the world is my oyster and just so excited. Until suddenly it was the inner perfectionism. It was the inner critic. It was all of that, like the expectations that I was doing really well. So on the outside, it looked great. I was earning lots of money for this company. Um, I had a great place to live. I was managing to pay rent in London. I, you know, I'd made friends. All of that was great. But inside, I just was struggling massively. And I kept moving the bar higher and higher and telling myself I wasn't doing good enough. And mm. also that in combination with I mean, London is one of those transient places, and particularly when you are a foreigner, you meet other foreigners. So I remember I had, this was the time when you got minutes on your phone. So I had 700 minutes, I think, included in my Vodafone price plan. And I would use every minute, except suddenly four of the people that I spoke most to left London within the space of like two months. And so suddenly I was hardly using any of my minutes. And so at a point where I was getting more and more promotions, and getting responsibility probably for the first time, really, my support network was disappearing. And then I got a project that I didn't want. So the company I was working for said, can you please do this U.S. conference that someone else had been doing? And he was off on sick leave. Some other story. <laughs> so he was off with his own problems. Yeah, like... There was a warning there. He was on sick leave. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, well, he had some personal stuff. Okay. So maybe this is a challenge he didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> it was. So I said, no, I don't want it. I didn't want to touch. There was so many expectations on this particular event that this was going to bring the company this much money. And it was like a big money spinner. And, mm. and, and <laughs> it was working U.S. hours, which meant I would have to work totally different hours than everyone else in the company. And I was like, no, I, d I don't want to do this. And they're like, yeah, but you're amazing. And you're the best person place to do this. And I was like, yeah, but no, and I don't feel comfortable doing it. And so they kept just telling me how amazing I was. And no wasn't really taken as an answer. So I got this at a time where I didn't want it. I felt the pressure of that even more. And then I would come in at 12 o'clock. And I would leave the office at eight, nine o'clock and everyone else would leave 530. Um, I had to lock up building by myself and I would sit there the last few hours alone in this building in East London. And one night I just remember crying and thankfully I had a friend who was a coach and I phoned her, had the, <laughs> the insight to phone her. And she said to me, you don't have to go to work tomorrow. I was like, that didn't sound plausible to me because, you know, overachiever, perfectionist, of course, you know, duty, of course, I'm going to show up. And she's like, you don't have to go to work tomorrow. Like, you know, you need to look after yourself. And I just was like, what? And um, she said to me, are there other chairs? And I was like, yes. She said, can you move a chair? And only, I mean, later on when I myself really got into the coaching to understand what she was doing she was moving my energy from this one chair where I'd been stuck and she moved me to another chair and somehow in that process she convinced me and explained to me that I could phone him phone in sick in the morning I could go to the doctor I could speak to a doctor and, and I could get signed off from work which I mean all of that sounded ludicrous I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do that but I did the doctor was very sweet she gave me two weeks off 
and told me I could have more if I wanted to. But um, after two weeks, I started therapy in that period. I'd already done tons of personal development. I had some more therapy. And of course, after two weeks, there's no way I was ready to have healed whatever needed to heal and grown through what I wanted to grow through. But I had a conference to run. There was another conference that was coming up and um, there's no way I wasn't going to run it. So I went back to work struggling, but delivering what I needed to deliver and another big one coming up. And then I resigned. So I had gotten a half job offer six months earlier. Some of the great thing about running industry events is you get access to these high level people that come to events. And I always said to them like, hey, if you want to change jobs, come and come to my conference, because afterwards, I never know where people are, (laughs) because they'd already moved. I mean, LinkedIn wasn't a big deal at that point, right? So it was always like, where is this person working now? Um, So I had been approached by one of my contacts saying, hey, do you want to come work for us? Um, We'd really love you. And so I said, well, not ready yet. And they're like, no, no, that's okay. But like, you know, maybe in six months or whatever. So I was like, hey, messaging these people um, and saying, so I'm ready. I'm ready now. And they're like, okay, well, we're just finalizing the job description. And we have to uh, advertise this internally before we can um, offer it to you. But there's no one in- internally. So, you know, it will be your job. And I was like, great. I resigned. I had commission for a few months. It's like, perfect. I knew I needed time off. And so I did therapy and I did Pilates and I just had space and looked after myself and then kept in contact with this guy who was going to give me a job at this very prestigious company that later on crashed a few years later, but um, you would know them. And um, I messaged him and then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have this, there's a big gaming conference in June in LA. You're going to be there. So I was like, okay, great. But we get to April and just still, I'm still no nearer to have any formal interviews. So I'm like, okay, this commission money is running out quickly because London is London and it costs quite a lot. And I hadn't made that much money. So I think, okay, well, I better start doing some temp work. So I start temping. I'm not ready for any responsibility. And I just start temping. And in the process, I suddenly realized, what if this job doesn't come through? This European marketing PR, you know, coordinated job that it wanted me to do and go to all these conferences. What if it doesn't happen? What do I want to do if I'm starting over? What is it I really want to do? And I was like, something people, something people. And so at some point in that process, um, my... um, my old, the CEO of the old company, so the CEO of the conference company messages me and say, hey, you know, do you want to meet with us? We really want you to come back and do the yearly conference, one of the, the biggest ones that I was doing um, that was big for the company. Do you want to, you know, can I meet with you and talk to you about you doing it? So I said yes to meeting him. And, um, and I said to him when we met, sell it to me. And he's like, no. He said, you're too smart for this. If you're saying that, that means you don't want to do it. I'm not going to sell it to you. Tell me, what is it that you want to do? And so I tried something, something, people, like not really knowing what it is. And he was great. He said, okay, I'll introduce you to two people. And next day he had written the most glowing reviews of me to two people and uh, told them that, you know, basically help, (laughs) help her. And the one was someone who you know, both said yes to speaking to me. The one told me, well, you don't have any experience, so you can't really get any experience, which was very helpful. And the other person was great. He said, I'll meet with you. 
And we met for two hours and that conversation changed my life. Oh, lovely. So we met at Embankment. I think it was August. I'd, I'd finally like come out of this really dark place and healed and I started applying for jobs and I was ready to, you know, get my teeth into something. And just that day, I think two days before I'd gotten one job offer, that day I'd gotten another job offer. And I met with this guy and at some point along the way, he says, you want to do what I do? And my jaw just dropped because he was an executive coach. And it hadn't occurred to me that I could do that for a living. So I had done personal development for my own my own personal needs, my own personal wants. And I had volunteered in this personal development community and, and facilitated things. But it didn't occur to me that I could do this. And he said, I think you've got the talent, but you don't yet have the confidence. Mm. I said, so what do I do? He said, it doesn't matter. You're not ready yet. I said, but what do I do? I have these two job offers. What do I do? And he said, it doesn't matter. You're not ready yet. So I came away from that conversation on the one hand, delighted and thrilled and like, okay, I figured out what I want to do. I know what the, my thing is, but having no clue how to get there. And I took the one job, um, which was some of these contacts of mine that had, you know, took a chance on me and said, hey, come work for this mobile games company. And I became a mobile games product marketing manager. I still can't really say it. It's like such a long title. And I worked there. And I remember one day sitting in the chair next to, you know, where there were two of us that had the same role. And he was like asking these other guys, like, so when is PGR mobile ready? PGR was this like mobile games, like this racing game. Mm -hmm. And he was like so excited. He wanted to go home and play it that weekend. And I was just, every time they wanted us to play games, I was trying to avoid it because it just wasn't my thing. And seeing his excitement, I just thought, I'm in someone else's dream job. Like I get this passionate, mm. but this one isn't for me. And um, I left again without having another job. But at that time I was in a relationship with a lovely Canadian man and um, we were doing long distance. And so it was a perfect thing to like, okay, well, I'll go and see how this relationship goes. And as luck would have it, at the time it felt like misfortune, but as luck would have it, I didn't get a work permit um, in Canada. And so I was like, okay, I need to go. I need to go. And so I found out that at University of Toronto, I could study something called adult training and development. And so I did. I went over and I started studying that. My coach friend said, you want a coach? start coaching friends for free and get yourself a coach. So I got myself a coach. I started coaching friends for free. I did this course. I did a neuro-linguistic programming course, NLP, and kept in touch with this friend. And at some point, November 2007, so exactly 15 years ago at the time of recording this, she phoned me and she said, so um, this company I'm working for, we're really growing. Are you ready? Are you ready to take on a client? Because I convinced the others that you're good and we really needed someone to start on a project yesterday. And I was like, yes. And I got my first paid coaching client. I got paid £22.50 a session. And I remember that first session and I hung up and I was like, wow, that was so much fun. And I got paid like just, over the moon. And I, at that point, I was like, there's no ways because I've been, you know, applying for learning and development coordinator mm. roles and those type of things. And I thought, 
there is no ways I'm booking people onto courses. I want to run them. And there's no ways I'm telling people what kind of coaching they could have and writing it up for them and, you know, creating sign up, joining forums for them. I want to be the coach. And that was it. I was hooked. I mean, I wasn't making any money, but I was like, that was enough. That £22.50 was enough. That was like, there's no going back for me. Wow. And how long ago was that? 15 years. And you've been doing that ever since? And I I honestly love it as much. And I'm sure you're earning a bit more than £22.50 an hour these days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thankfully, yes. Yes. So um, what is the passion about that? What is it? What is it that turns you on around that then? Because you said it's like you felt so good about it. What was it? It is the best thing in the world, if you ask me, to sit with someone else and see what is possible and, and help them switch on the light inside. You know, sometimes switching on the light means they have to make peace with trauma or what they've been going through. Sometimes it's them just thinking bigger and realizing things that they take for granted is extraordinary. But sitting with someone and having them realize that they can be more, do more, and enjoy everything more, just it's the most rewarding thing. Mm, um, yeah. Well, I, I find amazing about it is you can see it in their eyes. Suddenly something changes. But what is also amazing is you can do it in their, you can hear it in their voice. And it's just like, it's like, like you're different now. And it's like, and there's nothing, you, you couldn't tangibly put anything to that. But you you hear it and you go, oh gosh, that's it. Definitely. I when I started, it wasn't uh, you know video calls weren't that great. So mm. we did phone coaching. I did some mm. in person, but mostly I did phone coaching. It was mm. like all the rave of how do you make coaching uh, affordable. And so in two thousand and seven to the eight or nine, it was all sitting listening on the phone. I never saw them. Usually didn't have a picture of them, and it was just listening. Like you say, you can totally hear it I can, I can still remember certain conversations where I don't remember their name I don't know what they look like but I can remember part of their stories or I can remember moments in time where something clicked and it's just like whoa like I, something's I, I changed remember, so it's funny you're reminding me of situations in my early coaching stuff I used to you can remember that thing where you have you ask that one question and the phone goes quiet and so you train, obviously, we're trained to keep to keep quiet and just let the let the silence live. But you know you've got you know you've you've hit something, you've hit the bell because the phone is just it's gone deadly quiet. And is that bit you're, like you said about like you mean I can actually not come into work tomorrow? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I know it's like what that sounds outrageous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the world won't end. Mm. Like what? Mm. Yeah, I often say to my clients, you are not that important and you're so much more powerful than you know because it's that paradox of like hey most of what happens around you is not about you I mean it's about other people and yes if you don't go to work tomorrow the world will survive just fine and I also believe that we're all so much more powerful than we than we realize and that most of us don't use our power to the best of our abilities Yes, as, as someone once pointed out to, um, I had a boss years ago who just overworked. He used to work to stupid hours, and he was reminded by someone, you know, like the the, the graveyard is full of indispensable people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's a great fascinating, isn't it, really? So look, we're moving our questions on. I mean, obviously, success has been an interesting journey for you. When you first left uh, left um, Copenhagen to come to London, you you were you were driving to you know striving towards the success of having having it all, experiencing a you know a rich pageant of life. Where does success sit with you these days? I think it keeps evolving, so it's not a one <clears throat> place thing. Um, and for me, when I watch other humans and get to work, usually with, you know, top business owners or the top of top leaders in, in big corporations, what I pay attention to and what I believe is success is when you can be fully yourself and keep increasing and enjoying the impact you're having in the world, but without crashing any one part of your life. So there's a lot of people that manage to create, let's say, massive amounts of work success career success money but then they might have totally crashed their health or their personal relationships and for me that is not true success for me it's like how can I both be a present mom and enjoy raising I didn't have two daughters just to not see them or to not appreciate them or just to be fed up with all the many to-dos that come with you know being a mom how can I enjoy that how can I enjoy my marriage how can I enjoy actually that I have a body and you know if you don't look after it you will at some point notice that something's off so how can I enjoy that but also wake up and be excited about my life and so for me contribution and impact and doing something I love and feeling alive by what I get to do that is success when I wake up in the morning and it's dark and it's grim and I'm like ah, and I can hardly ever more but once in a while I can feel the niggling what I used to call a monster from those periods where I was really really low and then I remind myself there's nothing you have to do today that you don't actually want to do, that you're not excited about. Like, yeah, I've got to do accounts and I've got to do some admin or things that I'm not excited about. But overall, it contributes to me having a created a life that is aligned with my values, that is aligned with my beliefs, and that really is aligned with the impact I want to have in the world. And so for me, it's that piece, but also that it keeps getting to evolve and that it doesn't crash. You don't crash one part of your life. Mm, it's a really beautiful description of success. Thank, Thank you for you. that. It's a really good description. I'm going to have to take some notes on that one. It's <laughs> probably one of the best descriptions I've had of it. I mean, I, I, I kind of don't have a boundary between work and life. And I like, like people kind of go, well, you, you need to. But I discovered what works for me is that it's all it's all it's just life. And whether I'm writing for a podcast or editing a podcast or making breakfast or doing something else, it's just part of the journey of the day. And I don't see why there's a need for that break. So uh, and that, that's how I look at it. So it's like, and I, and I think you're looking at it from the same sort of way where there's nothing crashing. It, it will just, it's all part of the pageant of what that day is. Yes. I mean, sometimes I'll have client calls that... <clears throat> 8 p.m. in the evening when the kids are in bed, particularly if I have North American clients, but also sometimes, you know, clients here in Europe. And they'll say, oh, thank you so much for taking a call now. And I'm like, first of all, you couldn't have booked a call with me if I hadn't made that slot available in my mm. diary. So I made it available and you can trust me to hold my own boundaries. But second of all, it's like, what could be better? My husband always says, if I'm a bit grumpy, he's like, oh, thank God you've got a coaching client. Because <laughs> like, it lights me up. It makes me truly happy. Like I get to do work I love. And so when people say, Oh, it's Friday. I'm so glad. I'm so looking forward to the weekend. I'm like, yeah, I look forward to the weekends, but I also really look forward to Mondays because Mondays my kids go to to school and I get to do something else I love. Like it, that, that for me is the success of it, that I get to 
have many different parts of me fulfilled and I get to love all, all the different parts in different ways. It's funny you say that about your husband saying about having a coaching client because my wife said something about podcasts or podcast chats. <laughs> says, oh, we see you're happy today. You've had, a, you had some good chats then. Yeah, 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 I have. <laughs> It makes such a difference. Do you ever do you ever read the book um, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks? No, I don't think I have. So many, so many people find that a totally life-changing book. And and he talks about both a concept called upper limiting, which I won't go into here, but it's totally amazing. And it's about basically how good will we allow it to be. I have to write that down because you've mentioned the book now. I'm gonna to have to put it in notes notes. The big yes. leap. The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, And he talks in there also about your zone of genius, which I've explained to so many. I found myself explaining this at family parties and weddings, as well as in coaching sessions, because I found that it's such a helpful concept. And he says, basically, the zone of genius is not it's not where you're Einstein. It's not where you're the best in the world at something, but it's where you are lit up. Like you're in that place of. It's not that you're not tired, probably for you, if you've done a whole day of podcast interviews, but you're lit up. It was like it gave you energy as well as being tired of being present and, you know, holding conversation and concentrating all of that. It like it gave you energy. And that's what I think we're all aiming for is how can you spend as much as possible of your time doing work that is in your sonar genius where it's like I get to be the best of me I get to do things because I don't think any of us just want to lie on the couch and you know watch Netflix like that's fun for little bits uh you know of time but none of us be- are satisfied by humans doing that. have to be occupied they have to be occupied in something useful otherwise they start breaking things couldn't agree more absolutely yeah. Absolutely. So his concept is so, so helpful. And so he talks about zone of incompetent, competence, excellence and genius. And this bit of so many people get stuck in excellence. It's like you're better than most people at doing what you do. And so you can kind of get good job offers and you feel safe, you're a safe pair of hands. And so you have a safe, good living. And it's like, oh, it's too risky now to, I mean, I have people at 35 saying, oh, I'm too old to change career. And I was like, 35, <laughs> you know that, you you know, you know that retirement is not something because you might live to your 102. Are you like, what, what do you mean you're going to stop working one day? Like, what do you mean you're 35 and you're two? You have more, much more time working than you have worked. Like, I mean, the funny illusions we live with. And so it's this bit of how can you find work that lights you up, that gives you energy? That's what I think is a massive part of what makes mm. a, a life w- worth living. That's a lovely answer to the success question. Let's move on to contribution because you've touched on that already. So how do you perceive that you contribute to the world? Mm. Hopefully every single day, I think. Hopefully by what I teach my my girls, but definitely also every time I show up, um, whether it is free stuff on social media and whether it's with my coaching clients or when I run leadership events and workshops I mean everywhere my aim is to leave people feeling better about themselves not in a way that okay well then I'm off the hook and I can just do nothing but in the way of like oh wait I'm powerful I can you know how I show up matters Mm. um it it does matter. And I, it's my best thing when I have a coaching session with someone and, and they say to me, oh, wow, this conversation I'm going to have after this um, this session, that'll go very different because of this. In fact, probably this whole week will go different. And then I know that so many people will have a different experience, right? So I see my work very much as as ripple effects because there are only so many people that I get to speak to, but the ripple effects 
of speaking to those people and having them show up more consciously, more deliberately. Um, yeah, that's mm. that for me. So everywhere I show up, I, I aim to do that. And you've touched on this already because of some of what you just said, but how do you contribute to yourself? That to me is massive, mm. massive, you're massive, a massive. You're a coach, you bloody should be. <laughs> I, I often say to my leadership clients like, hey, so uh, would you ever go to a doctor that doesn't wash your hands between sessions? And they're like, no, like dumb question. And I'm like, okay, but how often do you clean your mind? You go from meeting to meeting contaminated by the one thing before the one thing. Like you show up so fussy, so contaminated and you are not clean and sharp and you wonder why nothing great comes from these meetings and why the emails are fussy and creates a whole email trail of mess. So I meditate every day. I learned Vedic meditation 2009. Wouldn't want to be without it. Um, Which style was it? Sorry, Vedic. Vedic. Yeah, Vedic. Yeah, yeah, also called TM Transcendental Meditation. Um, Totally changed my life. Amazing. So that is like a non-negotiable. It's a normally you learn it twice a day. I have to save with kids and whatever. I flex it, but once a day is an absolute Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. And then loads and loads of different things that people will call self-care which I often think minimizes what it is and the, the value and the importance of it so I will have body treatments I have coaching sometimes therapy peer coaching I have success buddy partners relationships where we check in with each other um, so many different pieces um, I started doing solo CEO retreats which I think everyone should be doing so I, it was the first time was in um, summer of 2020 when you now the kids had been home and uh, Oxford houses are wonderful, but they're small and not soundproof. <laughs> so trying to work in the house of the kids with their house, like what? <laughs> and so I booked a hotel when we were in Denmark over the summer. We were lucky we got to go away summer 2020. And the kids were at my parents and I booked a hotel for two nights somewhere different. And I arrived there and I was like, this is what I tell my clients to do. I tell them. Because when they ask, is it worth us investing? It's a lot of money to invest for the team, you know, to go away and and spend this. And yeah, we're investing in a facilitator, but should we also invest in overnight accommodation? And I'm like, yeah, like in the pockets of things, when people get to really switch off, magic happens. And so that was the first time I did it for myself. Like no one else. I've been to hotels many times, but normally a client picked up the tab and I picked up the tab this time. And it was so incredibly extraordinary how good it was to zoom out to spend time journaling to have space not in a rushed moment of then having to go back to you know other things just really giving myself the spaciousness of tuning out and of thinking big thoughts and small thoughts and all the things um yeah so I plan those quite regularly now, often one night, sometimes two nights. So all kinds of ways of looking after me. And it's like, okay, what's it going to take for me to perform in the best way at the highest level to be of service to my husband, my my daughters, my clients, the world. And it, it takes me looking after me. Well, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, we are a human being um, and we're not a human working. You know, we're not we're not just deciding to do one factor in life and everything else just so it fits in. It's it's a whole picture. Uh, and actual fact, we're here for yourself, not for anything else, are we really? Yeah. 
so it's and it's great that you model that but then you're a good coach you should do (laughs) (laughs) I think so yeah if you're not modeling it for your clients what can you do eh? it's a good question actually really so let's move us on what's the one question that you want people to either ask you or of themselves Mm. well with me I'd love them to ask anything that is to do with human dynamics about you know understanding themselves better or understanding any human relationships because that's just my jam and I'll talk about it anywhere and everywhere um I'd love everyone to ask themselves some kind of version of the question of how can I be even more me and show up having a bigger impact in the world Mm -hmm. I actually really like the the Christian tradition, so I'm not Christian, but the Christian tradition of some kind of version of a prayer of use me, which I think people can often take those words as, you know, in the wrong vein. But the piece of, hey, what if it wasn't about your ego being fulfilled in this world? What if there was higher powers, whatever people want to name that, whether God resonates with them or universe or love or whatever. And if they went like, what if And I often say to my clients, like the combination of who you are, your experience, your DNA, everything that you are, how are you putting that to the best use? How could you use that in a bigger, better way, whatever that means to you? And for some people, it means like, hey, I'm going to host the local market and I'm going to do refillables and, you know, make sure the local community does more for the environment. And for some people, it means volunteering at the local school. And for some people, it means running for uh, parliament and for some people it means you know setting up their own business I don't mind what it means but that piece and my assumption is that when we ask that question it's going to be not something that depletes it's going to mm-hmm. be something that goes in the vein of that zone of genius piece where it will fill you up like you will feel alive and worthwhile and like it makes sense that you're here so I'd so, love people to ask themselves that regularly and the question of that one I was is how do they find that mm. Is there is there some tool, a little thing that you could say, you know, go look here or because it's got inside somewhere. But yes, a lot of, you know, because we're so busy and so, so caught up in the story around us, sometimes the freedom to ask that question or even even knowing how where to begin to answer that question is not there. Well, I think that's the first problem that most people are not disciplined and don't even make the time. So I would say, you know, if you really want to go for this. Just do it five minutes a day. But the discipline of asking it more than once is where part of the magic happens because you'll notice patterns. The next thing is don't censor anything. So write it all down. Don't just ask it ahead. Write it all down and don't censor anything. So people often go, well, that answer is stupid or I don't see how that will help me help, help make money or everyone says this. So how is that important? And and so we dismiss it so quickly. Or oh, that doesn't make sense to anyone. That just sounds like fairy tale or idyllic or basic or superficial or whatever people think so it's like don't censor anything and get in the habit of answering it I would say I mean it's much easier to do something every day than it is to do something three times a week so I would say commit to doing it every day five minutes no more do it as you wake up or before you go to bed you know easy to remember and just notice and when you've done it for two weeks look share it with someone else And they, you might not be able to see the patent yourself, but they will. Someone who loves you and who cares for you and believes in you and you show them or tell them, here's, here's, I keep writing these same things and it sounds ridiculous and I don't think it's worth anything. And they'll go like, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. That's exactly who you are. Because usually it's quite obvious. 
but we have so many blocks and the fear and the, oh, it's not practical and I don't see how I can make money from it. All of that gets in the way. So enroll other people also in supporting you to see what is obvious to others, but not obvious to you. That's a lovely answer. Thank you very much for that. The Christian peace you're looking for is make me an instrument of thy peace. There we go. And uh, we go. it gets used as a repetitive mantra. In, and I think that it's in Latin. I can't remember it now. But um, And the only reason I know that is because I live near the Finhorn Foundation. It's one of the songs that gets sung on repeat quite a lot. But the, And it's definitely that idea of repeating it, because when you keep repeating yeah. it, that's why it's used that way. So yes because and for me it's it's because it's that dedication to <clears throat> my life is dedicated to something more than just uh what am I going to have for dinner today or you know like it's like let's go beyond that what if you were here for a reason um what if there was something really purposeful about you being here and well being we'll get we'll get to, to that. that in a moment we'll get to that one soon <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know obviously you're a coach what is it that you do for people and who do you do it for and what would you like to get from people or what would you like people to do on the podcast what would i like people to do in general well, you know, in terms of like, you know, for you, you know, if they want to connect with you, what would uh, you offer them? What do you yeah. think they could do? You know, that sort of stuff. It's, it's basically, this is your bit. This is, this is, this is ah, your link. I would love them to come to norminatan.com forward slash everything and sign up to the mailing list. And uh, there's, I mean, there's a mini course, for example, on having their own solo CEO retreat. There is so many good things. Uh, I run free workshops and paid workshops. You can sign up for one-to-one coaching, all kinds of things. I actually also have a podcast called Leadership Behind the Scenes, full of mostly solo episodes, so all kinds of coaching conversations. And there's a new podcast coming, which might be available by the time this airs, um, which is called Female in a Power Podcast. But if they go to nominatan.com forward slash everything, they'll see free, paid and everything in between. So that's definitely the best place. And otherwise, LinkedIn is where I hang out the most. Wonderful. Wonderful. All those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Do check it Thank out you. all out. Is there, a, is there an ideal person you tend to work with? Yeah, I am particularly passionate about the overgivers, overachievers, perf- recovering perfectionists. Oh, those people, that... people like you then. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Uh, those that go like, yeah, you know, I would like to do more, but I don't want to do the politics, you know, yeah. that just, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be a nasty, rude person or I'm already exhausted. I don't see how I can do yeah. more for people. And I, they say, oh, there's no one like me. And I'm like, well, that's exactly the reason why we need you to step in and yeah. and stay stay the course. So, yeah. Well, as I said, all those links are available at the website Life, Passion and Business. Do check them out. So we get to our last question, which is that mm. theological one, or maybe not. What is the meaning of life for you? For me, we're here to evolve. We're here to expand our consciousness. We're here to evolve. I think it's like you know when I was younger I was like what would what would make me feel like I've really lived what is a life worth lived and at that point it was more like you you pointed out it was more adventure and experiences and now it's much more about impact and I assume that if I'm having a massive impact I'm enjoying the process that it's filling me up along the way as I'm passing on so 
I think it's to not stay static. So many of us get stuck in comfort zones and then we're like, okay, well, children grow and develop, but then you get to a certain age and you don't expect to grow and develop. In fact, you expect to like just contract and like, you know, wind down, which to me sounds like the most ridiculous thing in the it world. It must always I- stay the same. Life must be predictable. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So I think to continuously stretch and evolve and get curious about new insights, about how we can add more value, about dropping deeper into, you know, our relationships and the impact we can have. For me, it's it's the constant evolution. Naomi Nathan, thank you so much for spending some time with me. It's been an utter joy to speak to you. And you are so expressive in how you say, because unfortunately my listeners won't see this, but you're incredibly <laughs> expressive in your, in your answers. So thank you so much. It's been such a joy to, to listen and to watch you tell me them. Absolute pleasure being here. Thank you so much. All the best. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Naomi Nathan. If you'd like to connect with Naomi, you can find her at her website, nomenatan.com. She's also on LinkedIn, Instagram, and on Facebook. And all those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. She also has a podcast called Leadership Behind the Scenes, and she's about to launch a new podcast, so you may want to keep an eye out for that one. Anyway, as I said, all of those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion, a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and a sense of what it all means, that is the path to a good life. Now look, you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time, certainly any time I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey because we will not get it unless we choose it so please give it some thought because you know your future depends on it and if you'd like some help with that process do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions ebook and worksheets now this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery and it's at the amazing price of just $12.99 so do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com now finally has this podcast been useful to you If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing and, of course, sharing it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.